Good morning. It's time to wake up, y'all. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central to 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Available on Google Android, Apple iPhone, Facebook Live, and Periscope Twitter. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. Take us anywhere you go. The Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Good morning, Mr. Justin Waller. Good morning. I don't know much, but I know one thing. Nothing's worse than going for a cup of coffee and realizing you're out of coffee. But that's my morning. Pray for me. Hi, I'm Mac McGinn. I don't know much, but I know one thing. Week 8 of the NFL is here. We're going to have the Falcons versus the Panthers tonight. Can Todd Gurley stay out of the end zone like most Falcons normally do? All right, listen up, y'all. I'm y'all substitute teacher, Mr. Garvey. I taught school for 20 years in the inner city, so don't even think about messing with me. Y'all feel me? Let's take a roll here. Jay Quellen. Where's Jay Quellen at? No Jay Quellen here? Uh, do you mean Jacqueline? Okay. So that's how it's gonna be. Y'all wanna play. Okay, then. I've got my eye on you, Jay Quellen. Balake. Where is Balake at? No Balake here today. Yes, sir. My name is Blake. Are you out of your mind? Blake. Do you want to go to war, Balaki? No. Because we could go to war. No. I'm for real. I'm for real. D-nice. Is there a D-nice? If one of y'all says some silly-ass name, this whole class is going to feel my wrath. Now, D-nice. Do you mean Denise? Son of a Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Man. Hey, howdy, hi. Top of the morning to you. I'm Mac McGee, joined by Justine Waller. Justine, how the hell are you? <laughs> Macy, I'm doing good. Um, yeah, i tell you what, man. I needed that laugh this morning. Uh and I feel sorry. I want to apologize to all the AA runs out there because I still, ever since I've seen that skit and I've got two of them that work for me or with me. And I, to this day, I can't pronounce her name properly. It's ruined me. I can't see Aaron and not AA Ron it. I mean, every time I see Aaron Rodgers, I think of it. It's either that or, or, or I think of the discount double check where the, uh, uh, where the big fat dude in the windows. Yelling, Rogers, Rogers! He's got the big <laughs> cheese head on there. I've thought about doing that as an introduction, but without the visual, it's just not as good. Uh, we've got a big Monday night football game tonight. It may not be for the Falcons, but for the Panthers, it sure is. They're three and four. They get a chance to get to 500 tonight with the W and really will still be in, in the thick of the NFC wildcard hunt halfway through the season, which I think most Panthers fans would take at the beginning of the season. I think a lot of people thought this was going to be a full rebuild that with them losing Cam Newton, etc., that this was going to be just a season, I'm not going to say a lost season, but not one that they had any kind of playoff aspirations. This team could sneak in. What say you, Justin? Yeah, and I, I mean, I think for the team, it's a warning. You could be sitting at 500 and McCaffrey's return to practice. Uh, it's very doubtful he goes today. I mean, but you, you could now move into the long week and you can put, have a possibility to come back out of the bye or out of your 
long week and have Christian McCaffrey back in your 500. So, yeah, you're absolutely poised for a run at that point. Bridgewater's been playing well. And uh, we'll see what happens. You really change the momentum if you're if you're at a at a place to you're 500 or above and you without C Mac and you bring him back and now you have the possibility to really put some gambles away and I think in this division you can do it. Yeah, and I'll tell you what the Saints aren't running and hiding from especially me. with the way that those are expanding and you know that wild card. Sorry, I missed you. There. No, no, no. I was I, the only thing I was going to add was that. The division's not out of the out of the possible out of the wrong possibility. And I'll tell you why I say that. The Saints have looked very very mortal. They, they go to Chicago this weekend. I would be shocked if they win in Chicago. But I'm talking about long term. Long term, Breeze has not looked that great. So the offense is not putting teams away. And anytime you have offenses that don't put teams away, and just have a solid defense to lean on. You open yourself up to losses because of turnovers, bad field position, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on and on. The other thing is, not this week, but next week, Antonio Brown comes to the Buccaneers, and they've been saying all the right things in the press down here about how he looks great, how he's how he's been working on film, how he's going to be ready to go for week nine. But we don't know what Antonio Brown could do to that locker room by week 10, 11, and 12. And I could see them spiral. And so, you know, I think the realistic shot is to keep your eye on the on the, the wild card prize as a Panther fan, as I know you are. But I would not put it out of the realm of possibility. Because I'll tell you what, guys like Robbie Anderson have uh, played above and beyond what everyone thought that, that they were getting. Uh... Mike and Bridgewater, Andrew. for that matter. I mean, I Yo, think he's doing oh, great during this time, especially running solo without C-Mac, his safety net. I, th- I think Bridgewater's been exceptional. He really has. I've uh, actually streamed him a couple weeks, you know, just be managing through buys and been pretty lucky there. Yeah, uh, I've, I, I've become somewhat of a Bridgewater fan this year just watching him play. I've always liked him. You know, he came from Louisville. And when he went up to Minnesota, I pulled from Then he got injured. Then he kind of got lost in the quagmire. And then I was never that big of a fan of his. Not just not because I didn't like him. He always seemed like a great guy. It was just the fact that he played kind of a dull, dull version of what the Saints were when he would come in for Breeze. But he's been with Matt Rule. And no, he's not Pat Mahomes, okay? But he's also not... Going out there and playing, uh, I'm trying to think of a, of, of, he's not Kerry Collins either. You know, he's, he, he's a guy that can go out there, put offensive pressure on the, on the other team. Doesn't make the mistakes, which I think is the big thing in the NFL. If you can push the ball down the field without turning the ball over left and right, you've got a chance to win. And, and the Carolina defense has looked better over the last several weeks you know when it first started beginning of the year they they, they looked terrible they did they, it looked like they were going to be a sieve but like most nfl defenses or defensive coaches that are worth their salt they get it figured out and now i would say that they are a i mean i could almost put them in a top 15 defense right you know they're not going to Blowing it away, they still have to build through the draft, but all you got to do is be formidable, win these tight games, and they've won some, they've lost some, but 4-4, four and four, if they can get to that tonight, I think they've got a real shot. And there's got to come a point where the Atlanta Falcons are just going to give up. 
It may not be tonight, but there's just going to be a point where you're like, dude, I'm so sick and tired of losing in the last six seconds. You know, if you eliminate a lot of these losses, the Falcons could be leading the NFC West. I mean, uh, NFC South. Um, but they've had bad karma, bad bad management, whatever you want to put on it on their hand. You know, I can't put the entire thing on the coaching staff because when you have guys boxing out during a, a an onside kick, like like they're playing four square, uh, you. You shouldn't have to teach that. You, an NFL player should know the rules and know how to jump on the ball. So, uh, real quick, what's your, what's your prediction for tonight? I think it'll be a close game. Uh, mediocre scoring. I, I'm going to go something 24-21. I give the Panthers the edge at home, which is scary because I think it's like a three-and-a-half point game. So, um, watch that. If it slid any less, I'm interested. But last I saw it, it was up to three and a half. At- Minus two at, at, as, as we speak. Um, Actually, I, I like that. Yeah. I like Carolina 27-20. The, the over is a little too rich for my blood, 51 and a half. I don't think it'll be. I feel mid 40s, uh, possibly upper, but I think 50s is a stretch. Right. I think it'll be somewhere in that 46 to 50 range. I agree. So there you have it. The Thursday night clash of the uh, and the, there's and look, even if you're not that into either one of these teams, if you're playing fantasy football, you either have a player or you're going up against a player. There's a lot of names going up tonight. Uh, you know, I would say get most of them in. I can't imagine I would bench many of them because. By the way, this morning I did see that they're saying it's highly unlikely that CMC is going to play tonight. So right. if you so so if you have Mike Davis, expect to put him in to the lineup. I, you know he should have a solid game. Of course, all the Falcons receivers and Anderson. I Moore's may be a little skittish to tell you to put him in, but this could be a game where Moore can have a uh, coming right. out party. There's a reason why you draft him in the third or fourth rounds for games like this. Yeah, C-Mac, I, I, I highly doubt. I think he's been in a red non-contact jersey all week. Uh, even even being at practice, he's been in non-contact. He's walked right out onto the field. Yeah, uh, both the Fantasy Pros and – You're not Fantasy. going from red jersey to playing on Thursday. Yeah, uh, Fantasy Pros, Fantasy Alarm, and um, Rap Report are all reporting the, the, the he is expected to not play tonight. Of course, we won't get the official word till about 4 p.m. Right. Eastern, but that's what you can expect if you got fantasy implications in this game. If you got one of their defenses, I would say stream something else. You're probably not going to get a lot of production out of either one. Uh, two pretty good offenses, and uh, the, you know the, these aren't two teams that did a roll up a lot of sacks either. But there you have that. Let's take a quick break when we come back, Justin. I've got a uh, a list of the free agent class for Major League Baseball. And some interesting news happened today, and it makes me wonder if we can look into the future of what this Major League Baseball class is going to be like. We're going to talk all that and more here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. Friday, October 30th, you don't want to miss the Armchair Quarterbacks annual Halloween show. Five, six, seven, six, seven, 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 
Friday, October 30th, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern. It's the Armchair Quarterback's Wake Up Show, Halloween edition. Never sleep again. We are the Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for sports talk live from the first coast. That? That's the sound of NyQuil Severe, hard at work. NyQuil Severe is the best sleep with a cold medicine. No tossing and turning, just rest and recovery. So you're ready to take on tomorrow. For powerful relief of your worst cold and flu symptoms, try NyQuil Severe. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, stuffy head, best sleep with a cold? Medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Weekends in the fall just got a hell of a lot better. Saturday mornings, it's Dixie Football Nation, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. We talk SEC, ACC, the Big Ten, and more. It's the only true Southern football kickoff show on Facebook Live. You don't want to miss it. And now on Sunday mornings at a new time, we're going 11 a.m. Eastern to noon Eastern with the NFL Fantasy Football Stardom Sinem Pick'em Show. We do DFS, season-long fantasy, and we keep a winning record against the spread. 8 to 9 Eastern Saturdays, 11 to noon on Sundays. The Armchair Quarterbacks have got you covered all football season long. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. As we get ready for Major League Baseball free agency, real quick before we get into that, Justin, this whole thing with Justin Turner uh, going out there and hanging out with this with this team after going COVID positive, it is just turning into a firestorm in the media. Even the LA media is killing them. And I just don't know what to make of it. I hope they come back and say that it ended up being a false positive. That's what I hope for for Justin Turner's sake. But there, there, someone did bring up a good topic yesterday. That if Major League Baseball is doing their job, and as 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 much as they've been over, uh, you know, almost turned into a nanny state, as far as complying with CDC codes and whatnot. With Turner being COVID positive, does that mean that they, because I haven't seen an update one way or the other, would they have sequestered both the Rays and the Dodgers to make sure that they're not flying back and then taking COVID to, to their community? Or did they just say to hell with it, the season's over, we'll, we'll see you. And uh, and good luck, everybody. No, I believe they have to. And I mean, I know the Dodgers will have to. Gavin Newsom isn't letting anybody in L.A. with COVID. I mean, that place is a prison right now. So, uh, you know, they're going to have to quarantine down there where they had in Dallas. Correct? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, they'll be quarantined in Dallas at their hotel until then. I mean, I got a lot more questions. Everybody's getting all in an uproar because he came out there and celebrated. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, if I'm asymptomatic, my teammates are cool with. I'm paying that fine. I mean, that's a World Series, dog. Right. I mean, that's 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 what you've played your whole life for. My bigger question is, why did he not find out? Why why was he in the game? Period. 
I mean, why couldn't this have been supposedly pre game? And how did it happen in the second inning? And why did it take till the eighth to take him out? Or I guess it would have been between the seventh and the eighth when he was taken out. I mean, what what was the breakdown there? And then most of all, why are you the only professional league that had the uh, breakout inside the bubble? Y'all been in this bubble a whole time. What happened? Well, Who broke it. You know that. You know that's the thing is. Uh, Okay, so first of all, supposedly this was the second test that as soon as they found out, they took him out of the game. But I'm with you. Why was he allowed to play until they found out he was good to go? And why did it take so long? Because Clay Travis brought up a good point the other day. And they're similar tests. Because you're talking about sports franchises that are sustained to lose a lot of money. Clay Travis evidently went to the he either went to the White House or he went to to interview uh, President Trump recently where, wherever the hell they were, and he said he got his test back within an hour. Why wouldn't that be the case with Justin Turner? Why why was it several hours? I don't get that one either. And it is one thing I will say this: it is it's not that they would do it, and it's not that I necessarily think that anything we get done about it, but it is, it is grounds for protesting the game, which has been done famously in major league baseball over the years. Now this is a different animal, but what are they doing? I mean, at that point, and What's I know this is a Bush league move. I just don't understand what, what I'll he's doing. I'll address that in a second, but to your protest, at that point, I meant it when I want to know, did Kevin Cash protest at that point? Did he at least, when it was brought up, because I bet, man, you need to quarantine that whole team. My team's got to quarantine. We, we got to move on because I just screwed up and pulled Snell out of this game two innings ago. I need redemption, and uh, I would have asked the question because, I mean, we're talking about a World Series here. Back to the testing. Apparently, it was an inconclusive on Monday, so they expedited Tuesday morning's test. And again, I'm like you. If you knew Tuesday morning you needed to expedite a second test, why did it take until mid-game to get it back? This was a night game. This wasn't a noon nice. Braves punishment game. This was a night game. You mean to tell me 6 with the funds and the manpower of Major League Baseball, you could not have gotten this done? Come on. Well, the, you could have called Fauci himself. He could have gave you some numbers. Right. I mean, I just feel like the He's whole a thing. Super fan. I just feel like the whole thing's bananas that they couldn't have get get it cleared up before the game time. Because I'm not aware of this happening any other time this year where they pulled someone out mid game because a second positive came back and then and then they pulled them. I'm aware of them pulling them right before the game started. In fact, infamously, the very first game of the season, whether it was just the opening night or ish, so to speak, when it was the uh, Nationals versus the Yankees. Remember, Juan Soto got pulled during batting practice. Okay, fair enough. But I just, I don't get it. And I just I feel haven't like, seen it happen all season that late, and we haven't seen and I'm telling you, positive since the bubble. So the question that nobody's talking about or asking is, everybody's asking about the testing and the Major League Baseball, and they're getting mad at Turner for going back out. And it's like, well, did he go get chicken wings? I mean, was he at the club? Well, what happened that we broke protocol here? Yeah, exactly. That was also my 
question was, how the hell did he get the COVID if no one else got the COVID? The Rona, as uh, Blake Snell says. Um, how did he get it when they've been locked in a bubble for a few weeks now? Because they didn't even come from, you know. Uh, no, they were already in Dallas. They didn't travel. Right. The National League. They haven't moved. Right? They have not moved. The, the the Dodgers have been in Dallas the entire time. That's the advantage they've had. Now, no one, no one whatever's ever going to talk about that. That being it, it's it, it's an advantage. It's an advantage that Atlanta had to come from Houston, and uh, that that the Tampa Bay Rays had to come from from uh, San Diego, et cetera, et cetera, on down the line. The Dodgers have sat in Texas the entire in Dallas, Texas the entire time. They haven't had to move. So how did he get it? No one else get it. So I, and, I mean, and I'm would, telling you, it would have had an, an effect on the game if pregame they had to pull him out of the lineup, one of their leaders, and said he's got COVID. Dude, everyone through that locker room, first of all, they start wondering if they've got COVID. But the other thing is they're like, dude, we're not going to have him for tomorrow either. What the hell are we going to do? I'm telling you, it, it affects it. I'm not saying that the, the Dodgers would not have won, but in a really low-scoring game like that, that could, that could mess with your psyche. You could also give a pump to the Rays. So... I think the whole thing was was done poorly, and I don't think anyone's ever going to talk about the fact that Rob Manfred stood up there on that freaking podium, giving up away, you know, giving away a uh, a meaningless piece of metal again. Um, I was about to say, what would he call it—a piece of metal or yeah. something like that? It was just a pile of metal. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a piece yeah. of tin or just a piece of metal. I, I don't remember the exact words, but okay, then 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 why do you make it a ceremony and why are you involved? Why don't you put one of your underlings up there? I mean, uh, the, the post game is the, the minute of my worries. I mean, it, Turner has been around his teams, him being on that field or coming out and taking a picture. Wasn't going to make a difference. You and they knew. It, you know? it's not, so and, it's, if his teammates had a huge problem, they'd be like, dude, kick rocks, man. I mean, I ain't heard Blake Snell complaining about it. And that dude out here, uh, risking his life I and know. Turner walking around with no mask. I mean, if he ain't got anything to say about it, I don't either. <laughs> well, you know, and that's the other thing. If, if, if he was going to give his teammates COVID, it would have been the several, out uh or few hours well no several because they didn't find out till mid game but but he was supposedly positive all game long of him sitting in the dugout and the other thing that's interesting about this and this is where it's going to come into play is uh he's uh going to be investigated because evidently he refused to leave the dugout and that's oh, gonna, I'm sure there's a fine going because he also argued fine. with security post game uh, when they tried to remove him from the field, and we I don't know his words, and we probably said, won't. But I think it's funny that they said he refused. I'm like, that's why you have security, man. I did security for years. There's a lot of people that refused. I guarantee you, we got them all out the door. Now, I'm, yeah, but when you when you COVID positive, security steps off a little bit. <laughs> I I guess, but that's that that's why they get paid the big bucks. And you go in there, so you get his ass out of there. It wouldn't have taken much to get him out of there. It really wouldn't have. All they had to do, they go over. Dustin through. Turner getting suplexed post game by security. That would have been, been awesome. Epic. That would have been absolutely awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see you know, uh, you know, someone like Clayton Kershaw, you know, crying. He's dead already. Just stop. <laughs> 
Oh man, free agent class. So here's here's a, here's an interesting thing that went under the radar that I don't think a lot of people looked at yesterday. But you need to look at it from the long term situation of free agent for Major League Baseball. The St. Louis Cardinals did not uh, exercise a one year contract for Colton Wong, which is at twelve point five million dollars. Colton Wong had a pretty good season, by the way, y'all. I'm sure that flew in. A, the radar quite a bit in such a short season, compacted season. We, we watched what we could watch, but Colton Wong had a good year and for a middle infielder, $12.5 million is not that much, especially a guy coming off the year that Colton Wong had. My question to you is, are we going to see a very, as Joe Biden said, a very dark winter. We're going to see a very dark and cold winter major league baseball. Cause here are the names, the big names, of free agents this year. JT Real Muto, Trevor Bauer, George Springer, uh, Marcus Simeon, the shortstop from out in Oakland, Marcelo Zuna, DJ LeMayhew, Marcus Stroman, Didi Gregorius, and Liam Hendricks, the uh, closer out in Oakland. Those are the biggest names that are free agents. Not to mention there's a you know, there's the second and third tiers as well. But are we gonna see a cold winter with free agency? What would that do to the MLP MLBPA uh negotiations going into twenty twenty one? I mean, I originally thought you would, but we I still don't think that uh I think you'll have fans, you'll have limited capacity next season. I don't think you affect the money great now if it was so something to where we knew 100% we didn't have fans at all this year in the, in any capacity and it looked like that was the outlet for 2020 I'd be like yeah I think management and ownership is going to be a little bit of hesitant to pull the trigger on some of these larger contracts they're just not going to be they're going to they're going to bring this back and be a little bit more frugal they're, they're not going to just be shelling out the big cash but Man, with fans and the possibility of being this, I mean, I, th- I think it's business as usual. You, you got to have that outlook as the organization and move forward and carry the fans with you. Because, I mean, I'm already looking forward to March. I don't know about you. It's We're, been two days. Yeah, well, exactly. The, the So I think to keep that momentum and keep the fans in it, especially we're going to have a long period where with lulls and you, you're going to come out with – other leagues up and down and canceling. I mean, it's not going away this winter. I don't think it's, I don't want the doom and gloom. And I think to avoid that MLB by being, you know, I think it's going to be business as usual. So I don't think you're going to have the big, the big dark winter and just nobody like, what was it last year or was it the year before where almost nobody moved? Remember how that just sat and we didn't have free. It, that was it was, two a, it was a year we years. got a, a Keuchel, uh and we waited till the very last minute. Yeah, well, Keuchel, we actually got mid-season. Remember that? That, that, that was, was like even more last thing. minute. You're absolutely yeah. right. Because him and Kimbrell went to the uh, the Cubs either the same day or the, it was definitely you know within a few days of each other. Um, I think what we might see is a slow beginning to it and probably the owners feeling out wanting to know because we keep hearing these rumors about the there there being a vaccine in the near in the very near future so let's say we get at least vaccine news now i'm not saying one in your hand at you know cvs by thanksgiving but i'm saying if we, from everything that i've been watching and reading 
they're expecting to have between three to, to four vaccines approved by the FDA in the United States by late November. Now that's a totally different argument of when you can actually get the damn things and when can when can you and I get one as opposed to the people that count, right? But if that happens, then I think the it opens up a little bit. Who I think is going to get hurt the most is the next tier because I don't think Real Multo and Bauer and Springer are going to be looking for homes and worrying about it. It's going to be the other ones. Your, you know, your bullpen pieces that's, that's, you know, a Shane Green from the Atlanta Braves. He's a free agent. Does he decide to sign a one-year deal with Atlanta and make it easy and then go hit the free agent market next year? Or does he get stubborn, hold out, and say, I want a three- to four-year deal like the way Will Smith did because I can be just as sorry as Will Smith, and uh, away we go. So what what is their game plan going to be? And it's it's going to be the... I think you're going to have a premium on bats just because you've got National League teams needing to position for a DH possibly permanently. And That's going to be the you, other big thing. You Ooh. made it makeshift this year and teams did, did away, but I mean, Ozuna, you want to talk about making some money. <laughs> let, let them be, let it be a permanent DH, and that man just locked himself into a long-term big money contract. I mean, he... I wish him well. I don't think Atlanta will retain him, but he put up enough numbers that he his one year deal paid off. Yeah, I you know if and when the look, bats start dropping and teams start moving, then people are going to get nervous, and then you start looking from the and, looking from the National League perspective, they need an answer asap on whether or not there's going to be a DH. I know that. The purists in us say we don't like the DH, but we need to know because if right. you're if you're gonna have a DH, it makes signing Marcelo Zuna a lot smarter. If you if you are not gonna have a DH, what's really gonna be the rippers if they say we're not gonna have a DH this year, but but in 2022 we will. All right, well well that's a bunch of horse crap. Either have one or don't have one because right. you can't go into the free agent season miss out on a bunch of good bats and then try to recoup your losses next year, which is what most teams would do. And then you hope someone like a, you know, a, a, a Drew Waters turns into something by 2022 so you can have him DH. Teams like Atlanta need to know because I don't know if you give up that kind of, hey, if there's no DH because Marcelo Zuna is a terrible defender. And next year, oh, and you I, have no place for him in the outfield. Right. I next, mean, you have none. Next year, I, I fully expect it's going to be Pache and Acuna, and then that 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 yeah, maybe Duvall. I don't, you know, uh, he's not on the list that I saw, but that doesn't mean anything because this was a a top twenty five list, and, and it was written in late September. So who knows if this guy realized how how good Adam Duvall is. It was a it was a national beat writer. I feel like Duvall's under contract for one more year, but I have to double check that. But it's 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 things like that that you're like, man, what do we do? Um, and it's not just Atlanta; it's the Cubs, it's the Dodgers, it's everybody. So they need to come up with that solution before the, before the winter meetings, because the winter meetings, although they'll be somewhat, somewhat canceled, they'll probably all be virtual now. But the winter meetings usually takes place the uh, this, the first Sunday in December is, is when it rolls off. You need to have that game plan and knowing, I mean, 
Thanksgiving at the latest, we need to know, is, is there going to be a DH in the National League in 2021? I think there will be. But they might hold off on it as a bargaining chip for the 2021 uh, CBA agreement that they're going to try to. It sucks you can't go ahead and lock that in because it's like you said. So you make a decision on 2021 and then you come back with this new agreement for 2022. Well, I'd like to go ahead and iron that out. Right. I I, want to know that moving forward because that that dictates what in the world you're going to do. If not, then you might see a lot of one-year deals. And and, and to to that point, the day they announced that, they needed to announce what the postseason is going to look like too. Because the teams will be a lot less aggressive if they say we're going back to five. And a team like the uh, like the Marlins say, well, then we're just going to hold hold Pat and, and wait till they expand. But if they say, hey, we're going to have twelve or fourteen or hell even sixteen teams in again, the Marlins think to themselves, we can make a run. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk some NFL and college football spreads. Also, I've got some interesting news for Justin. I'm going to lay on him on the other side of the break of owners in sports you may or may not be fans of once you find out some interesting information in a political season we'll be back in a flash here on the armchair quarterbacks keep it locked in here to cbs sports radio we can't urban earn your frazzle dazzle Are you a gun enthusiast? Love to shop for guns, but are also looking for friendly service? Well, you're in luck. Here in St. Augustine, Top Gun Supply is the friendly gun shop. Staff is very knowledgeable, happy to see you when you walk through the door, and can assist you with all your gun shopping needs. Top Gun Supply stocks a wide range of firearms, such as Ruger, Beretta, Six Hour, HK, and LWRC. So stop on by at Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16 in St. Augustine. Top Gun Supply here in St. Augustine, the friendly gun shop, a proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. Beware, my friend, and let me warn you that they're going to take it up on California. Let's keep the Dodgers in Brooklyn. Our house is not a home without some love. Don't let them leave our premises, L.A. will be their nemesis, cause Brooklyn fits the Dodgers like a glove. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I go to mybookie.ag. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Look, I wouldn't be telling you to bet mybookie.ag if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with mybookie.ag. Promo code SKIN, that's S-K-I-N. When you use that promo code, mybookie will match 100% of your deposit up to $1,000. That's mybookie.ag, promo code SKIN. Lord, I was born a Cardinal fan. William the Wizard, Big Mac, and Sam the Man. The last segment of the Armchair Quarterbacks app, radio show, and Facebook Live. We're talking baseball. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks talking baseball. The last segment of the Armchair Quarterbacks radio show and Facebook Live. Yeah, I was born a Cardinal fan. A swing and a miss, and that's a winner. That's a winner.
Yes, if you're lucky for good taste In a filter cigarette Change to Winston For flavor In a filter cigarette Hey, get Winston Because Winston tastes good Like a cigarette should Winston tastes good Like a cigarette should Riding morning shotgun with the armchair quarterbacks. We're here weekdays and streaming on the armchair quarterbacks app. Download it today. Your first choice for sports talk here on the first coast. There must be some kind of way out of here. She played tambourine with a silver jingle, and she must have known the words to at least a million tunes. Welcome back here on Chair Quarterback Radio. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Make sure to tap the app, Armchair Quarterback's app on uh, Google, Android, and Apple iPhone. Armchair Quarterback's app. You can pick us up every single day no matter where you are. We're also rolling on Facebook Live along with uh, CBS Affiliates. Justin came across this article because at first I was going to rant and rave about why the hell is ESPN writing an article outing out outing every single owner of major sport uh, on who they donate politically to. And, and, and you could tell from the tone of the article that they were really trying to shame anyone that was uh, giving to Republicans. But I thought it'd be interesting for you to find out who's on the right side, who's on the left side of, of sport. I bet you a lot of these owners are like, why the hell would you do this to us either way, right? Because your typical f- sports fan, my my ticket-paying uh, audience, I've got them on both sides. I don't want them to know if, if I give to the Democrats or the Republicans or the Green Party or the Libertarians or, you know, the Toucan Sam, you know, who, who whoever. But uh, you will like the fact that the Predators are on the red side, okay? The owner of the Predators uh, gives to the Republican Party. Here is the kicker. The biggest donor of either side, San Francisco Giants, I would have never thought this. The San Francisco Giants owner, Charles Johnson, Gives eleven million dollars. This is from twenty sixteen to twenty twenty, to the to the Republicans, and it dwarfs any. I actually thought there'd be more money that's given. Now, of course, ESPN is not going to write an article about the hundreds of millions of dollars that is given to uh, predominantly the Democratic Party from uh, Hollywood. Right? That's where, that's where they get most of their money. They don't get much money comparatively from the uh, you know the football and baseball and basketball teams but Charles Johnson 11 million dollars to the Republican Party San Francisco Giants Center the, the next closest is the Orlando Magic's Dan DeVos who also gives to the Republicans at 2.3 that's a big disparage from 11 million to 2.3 million in a four-year span um, some of the Democrat ones, uh, this doesn't surprise me. Peter Angelos of the Orioles, uh, gives 2.1 to the Democrats. Laura Ricketts may not know the name, but you're going to love the outcome. 
she is one of the majority owners of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, she she is a uh, evidently bleed blue, and I, I can't wait to bring that up to uh, just uh, to uh, James Forbes the next time I see him. Because people who don't know what we're talking about, James is a staunch Republican, far right wing. Uh, quit watching sports. That's one of the reasons why he's no longer on the show. He's quit watching sports uh, because he he got butthurt over the fact that that the uh, you know that the, the NBA had all all their social warrior stuff on their courts and on their jerseys. And I just can't wait to hear his reaction. He finds out his beloved Cubs are she, she's right there neck and neck with Angelus as the biggest blue uh, donors. Um, ones that won't shock you magic Johnson and Billy Jean King of the Dodgers and Lakers. Well, magic Johnson has, Ownership of Dodgers and Lakers, Billy Jean King of the Dodgers. They they are blue. Uh, Billy Jean King does not surprise me at all. Anyone who's ever known her politics, she's far left. Um, the uh, Bulls and White Sox owner, he is far left. Uh, Reinsdorf, he's the one that Michael Jordan didn't like. He he gives blue. The Pittsburgh Penguins is blue. Some of the Reds. That might give you, you, you you might be a little softer on on these teams now, Justin. Vegas Golden Knights, Cincinnati Reds, Arizona Diamondbacks, the Houston Texans, the Knicks and Rangers owner Dolan. That doesn't shock anybody, but now that it's in print, you know he's gonna have to hear crap in New York. Uh, and the Browns and the Cavaliers. So there you have there 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 was a whole list. You can go on ESPN.com. It's it's like this long, but I, I didn't have enough room to, to write it. I I wrote down the ones that jumped out at me. And of course, teams like the Atlanta Braves are owned by corporations. That's not listed. It's 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 the the teams that are owned by uh, individual people that 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 is listed. I'm sure there's a way to dig into what their that company donated to. But reactions. It really doesn't bother me. Um, I could care less. I think it's uh, funny that ESPN puts that out there. I mean, it sounds kind of like it's the way you set that up. Like it, like they set it to be a hit piece to the uh, that's what conservative red side. I mean, that's what it is. I'd like to see where uh, ESPN funnels their money. Are they going to release that? What, what political oh, they, affiliations? Yeah, what, the, what, what are theirs dumped the into? Let's actually ESPN, get where the, the the main guy for ESPN. I remember reading this a couple of years ago. He gives millions upon millions every year to the uh, Democratic Party, and it's not just the, the Democratic Party that he gives to. Most of his money goes to what they call now the progressives, so the far left loons like AOC and whatnot. He funds a lot of that. He's up. He he doesn't do it to the degree that George Soros does. You know, we all know George Soros is kind of woo woo, and you know, out there funding rioting and whatnot. So they're 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 not on that level, but they are funding. Uh, they're funding funny? the people who want to defund the police. We'll put it that way. Isn't it funny how uh, we've had a traditional saying throughout our lifetimes that one party is for the poor and one is for the rich. But if you follow the money, like more of the rich go to the poor side. You just keep that in. It's harder to believe to teach people that they are to make people believe that they've been duped than the original lie that they were duped by. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it, it makes you wonder why someone worth millions upon billions of dollars 
is so heavily invested in one side that it's supposed to be for the co- I remember that as a kid. You always start from the common man. And that was debunked really quick at my house. My dad was my dad was a small business owner and he well, I can't take exactly what he said, but he said he said yeah. that, uh, son that is false. We'll just leave it at that. But uh you got your first fake news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, fake fake news was 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 a common theme in my household in the mid '90s uh, when uh, Fox finally came around, and my dad was watching both. Man, he would call me raising hell, but I was in my early twenties, raising hell, and I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> she didn't watch the news today. I said, Yeah, Dan Marino's having minor uh, surgery on his elbow this offseason. <laughs> Like, and young folks don't know the struggles of their parents getting cable or cell phones or computers for that matter. I mean, this has been a lifelong struggle we've grown up with that they inherently just get to enjoy the, uh, the fruits of our labor. Yeah. Uh, we have it, trained the older society of technology. It would be man. I mean, I mean, he would be cussing mad. I mean, it would just, the two things that could get my dad cussing quicker than anything is, Mention CNN or the Florida Gators, and he's going to go right into you, man. It's, yeah. If I could have found it back in the day, I would have worn a CNN hat in his house just to piss him off, just to see his reaction, because he would have flipped his lid. Uh, oh, man, I would have given anything when in my early 20s if I could have found an orange and blue CNN hat. <laughs> um. Okay, get okay. So we'll we'll put that aside. I just found that interesting yesterday when we got the show. I refreshed the page, and that was the first thing that popped up was that article. I'm like, why is this such a big deal? And I thought they were really trying to out someone individually, but they weren't. And they weren't necessarily individually. What what shocked me the most, and I wonder if there's ever going to be backlash. You know how liberal the city of San Francisco is. And to know that that owner is by far the biggest contributor to the Republican Party, I just wonder if there'll be any backlash from that. That that was the only thing that that uh, none of the others you know really shocked me. Um, but then some of them shocked me. I don't have it in front. I wish I wish I knew knew where that article was. Uh, shocked me how low it was. Some people that you think are like would uh, you know be beating the drum about their politics one way or the other. And they're given like 20 grand when you know they're worth millions. And you're like, really? That's like, that's all you gave. And you're, you're going to get up on your pedestal and tell me about how, how I should live or, or, or how anyone should live or vote. But you but you gave basically the, the equivalent of you and I giving a $10 bill, right? It's like, yeah, come on now. Um, diving into the, uh, the picks of the week and we'll do our six pack tomorrow, but I'm curious, uh, let's go ahead and start with the National Football League. Um, games that are catching your eye. Because there's some college ones that really caught my eye. Um, I'm going to give you one NFL one that's got my interest, and then we'll, uh, and then I'll see what, you know, what you've got. Um, one of the games that has interested me, from the jump here, I mean, first of all, tonight the fact that the Panthers are t- only two point favorites really has has my attention now. But outside of that, when I'm looking at some of these games, and you wonder, okay, if is the tide turned on it? The New England Patriots are a three and a half point underdog at, at Buffalo, and I get it. 
that Cam Newton has not played well, but does that does this not sound like a trap bet to you? That you're going to put money on Buffalo to beat New England, and I just beat New England, beat them by almost a touchdown. I want no part of that one. I just see this being an ugly, low-scoring game, and I have no confidence in either one of the offenses. We don't see this much in the NFL. Not in that matchup. We don't see this much in the NFL. A 19-and-a-half-point spread between the Jets and the Chiefs. Is that even big enough? I contemplated it and still wasn't enough. You'd have to go 20. I mean, I mean, you need, I need 28. I got to have four scores or I'm not playing that one. No way. I don't know how they stay in there with them. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you one that I don't like that stinks. We won't talk about it until next week, but Tampa Bay's giving up too many points to the Giants in New York. I don't right. like it. I, I don't like that one at all. Why? The, go, go ahead. Two main ones I like. Uh, one, the Carolina tonight at minus two. I, I really like that. And uh, I like Pitt plus four on the road at Baltimore. Yeah, that seems that, that seems kooky. Excuse that, me. Pittsburgh. I'm not going to call them Pitt Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that seems kooky. I thought that would be closer to a pick them. Yeah. Um, and at a pick them, I give them. But, I mean – I see this is a field goal game. I think you have to go Steelers on this. Plus, you're getting some padding. I don't know how you give up that many points. I know Baltimore has dominated this series the last couple of years, but the, you know they didn't have Big Ben last year, and that's a lot. That really is a lot. The and if other- you were lucky, you got it earlier in the week. It started off at five and a half. Pitt the, plus five, Pittsburgh plus five and a half. The other one that just shocks me is that the Bears are getting four at home against the Saints. I don't see how that game, which over which over under is forty three, so they're talking about a really low scoring game. Something that never makes sense is when you see that the team total for the Saints is twenty three, the Bears team total is twenty, but yet the spread is four. Well, we're missing a point there somewhere, right? Um, and are the Rams a big enough? I mean, uh, shouldn't the Rams be a bigger favorite against a rookie quarterback getting his first start in the Miami Dolphins? The Rams are only three-and-a-half-point favorites. I get that East Coast-West Coast thing, but there's – I don't know. That's That seems nuts. East Coast-West Coast, short week coming off – they had the Monday night, did they not? Yeah, they did. Yes. Uh, East Coast, West Coast, short week, uh, possibly. I still think that the three and a half, I'd like to get that down to two and a half. I'd buy a point on that, and I'd take the Rams minus two and a half. Just because of the short week and the travel, I will give well, a little. Look, if it's if it's Fitzpatrick, I'd probably take the Dolphins in the points. But you're talking about a rookie stepping out there against, against Aaron, Aaron Donald. Donald. Against Jalen Ramsey, a pretty formidable defense all around. I don't know. That's just, that's that seems kind of crazy that the spread would be that way. Conversely, said, man, I, I played at Bama. I've seen better. <laughs> conversely, I don't think I don't think the uh, the Vikings are getting enough at a touchdown in Green Bay because we're not even hundred percent sure that. 
Dalvin Cook is going to play at this point in the week. If he doesn't play, they got nothing out of Madison. Madison didn't do a thing last time out. Him, him, him being the top pick of the of the wave wire week that that was fake news. <laughs> that was everyone joined, unloaded their fab budgets and uh, you know regardless they uh, whether you have a fab budget or not if you were up up high on the waiver wire war everyone went diving deep on on Madison a couple weeks ago and he did nothing. I mean nothing. Didn't get in the end zone. I think he had like 30 or 40 yards rushing on like a 68 attempts. It was ridiculous. Which is strange. If he comes in and spells Cook during a game, he usually does pretty well. But for whatever reason, everyone was geared up to stop him. What about college football? I'm The uh, college spreads... Um, Couple of them that, first of all, they talked about this last night on Daily Wager. And I get what they're saying. That they're saying lines that stink, and meaning they seem too good to be true. Stay away from them. And we talked about this earlier in the week, but uh, I don't remember who I was talking with this about, but the fact that Virginia is only a touchdown underdog to a North Carolina team that has put up a lot of points. It seems too good to be true. There's that one I'll throw at you, and the other one is, man, Mississippi State is getting 31 points. 31 points? I get it that it's at Alabama, but 31? This is a team that upset LSU. That seems crazy. Leach can score some points on that Bama defense. It's sitting. Uh, this is a better Alabama offense than it is defense this year. I, I, I like that. I, I think you could play there. I mean, it, by no means do I think Mississippi State's going to win that, but I think they can beat the spread. What about K State uh, traveling out to West Virginia and being three and a half point dogs? Yeah, that seems nuts to me too because this is West not Virginia hasn't. I haven't seen a lot of their games, but what what the one I have seen and the highlights. I haven't seen really anything that says they're the upper echelon of the Big 12. They, uh, this is not one of the better West Virginia teams either. So, you know, it's, it, West Virginia is usually a tough, tough game, but, uh, they're in a full blown rebuild there in Mountaineer country. I, Kansas State seems, I mean, that just seems crazy. What time is that game? Is that a West Coast, East Coast theory there? or? Well, it's an 11-8. Well, yeah, noon your time. It's like, noon Eastern. I wonder if that affected it at all. Uh, it could, but and I can't think West Virginia is going to be packed. Um, it, you, it would be some limited capacity to some extent. Yeah, so they're pretty. I don't even think you give them the environment uh, that to worry with. Yeah, I I could be wrong, but I believe West Virginia is a blue state, so they they may not have fans, period. Um, I'm not sure on that one, but regardless, it seems crazy that Kansas State would be an underdog. Once again, at, at worst, you think of Pickham. What about Georgia minus 15 at Kentucky? Is, it, is that too high, or is that something about right to you? I mean, you want the Tennessee fan response or the sport analyst? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, did you not see Kentucky? They're great. 
<laughs> Beat the brakes off my Tennessee. They looked terrible last week against Missouri. Well, that's why. And I Georgia, you which Georgia take you is wanted. coming off a bye, so you know. I'd say they spent more of their bye com- getting ready for next weekend against Florida. So I just wonder if that might be a look ahead. Fifteen points is a lot to give up on the road. I think they handle their business and don't look back. That, I'll tell you which one smells bad to me. One that I'm like, uh-uh, I wouldn't take this for anything in the world. LSU is a field goal favorite on the road in the Plains of Auburn. And I know Auburn hasn't looked the greatest, but neither has LSU. And that defense has looked sketchy at best. I just – I. I think if I was going to do anything, I would uh, buy the hook and take the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, I'm seeing it at Auburn plus three. I I would lean that way. There's no way I'm going to take LSU. Texas is a three-and-a-half-point dog at OK State. You give them a chance of keeping that close? I give them a chance, but uh, in Stillwater, I, I'm going to lean uh, OK State on that one. It makes me way too nervous to take that game either way. That that game will probably be won by a two-point conversion, but if Texas doesn't play a great game, that that game could could also be taken to the woodshed. The last one we'll talk about today, and, and we'll be doing our, our picks uh, tomorrow, but what's his name? The Bear? And uh, Stanford, Steve, were all about Penn State getting 12 at home. From what I saw of Penn State, I just was not that impressed. What I do like is the under because it's 63 and a half, and I think that's a really high under for a Big Ten battle in an Ohio State team that really couldn't get the running game going against Nebraska. But 12 points, is that enough for you to take Penn State? I'm putting more of this on Franklin than I am that team. And I just, I think he somehow knows how, and the environment's going to kill him though. Not having that wide out up there. Um, no, it's not enough points. If I had the environment of a wide out, I absolutely would take the 12. Cause I think Franklin would have this team. Um, I don't want to make the compare Butch Jones comparison. I'm in no way doing that, but uh, he has a little bit of that David versus Goliath uh, mentality. Can win as a David, but struggles as a Goliath. Uh, Butch Jones with that, and uh, you see it with Franklin. I mean, he's a David in this scenario, and that, that suits up well for him. He gets his teams to buy all in, and uh, man, I think they can give a fit early in the season like this. Absolutely, I give him a chance, but not having the fans in the stand, I think, bodes well for Ohio State. I just I wasn't impressed by the quarterback play of of Penn State is my biggest thing. Their defense looked good. Well, they rolled in as a Goliath to to my right. point for that. They they were supposed to beat Indiana. And right. That didn't happen. Now they're gonna supposed to get their doors blown off and watch. Uh, I think they'll stiffen up a little bit and you'll have a lot better play and buying from this team for whatever reason. Maybe they were in a trap game and already looking to Ohio State and uh, the team. The team totals in here that gets you to sixty three is. A uh, thirty-seven to twenty-four victory for Ohio State is how the Vegas line has it. That just seems really high scoring for Ohio State to get to thirty-seven on on that team because I could see this thing being like 
13 to 10 at the half. I just, I don't know. Of course, the one problem with college football, if you take the under, the damn thing ends up in overtime and all bets are off. Because then you're just going to go, oh, here we go. <laughs> I can't touch a Big Ten over under right now. Uh, I, I got to see more from them. I, we still don't know who has defense and who doesn't. I mean, I, I'm waiting to see the struggles that we've seen in the other other leagues. I mean, when are we going to find out that Ohio State doesn't have an elite defense, but they got an amazing offense? Kind of like we found out about Alabama so far. Um, not saying that's the case, but we don't know yet. We, we, we've had one look against a bad Nebraska team. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, Who now on the Big Ten will never let them play football again? I believe I, I believe Ohio State will look better each week. They looked a little sluggish to start the Nebraska game. They pulled away, but I just I believe that Penn State defense is good enough to keep them slowed down to where hitting sixty three points. I mean that's that's cooking. If it's a real close game, I mean we're talking about a thirty three to thirty ball game. I mean, that's a, that's that's high scoring. That's high scoring for the Southeastern Conference, much less the 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 Big Ten. Big Ten's usually a slobber knocker, twenty four to sixteen type of game. You don't usually get these high scoring games like that. And it's not like McSorley is still there. If it was a battle of quarterbacks, I'd say okay, well maybe. But the the only way I think that thing gets to sixty three and a half is if Penn State really gets exposed and it's like a you know. 58 to 14 drubbing then you're like okay well there well that's how we got to 63 i didn't think of it that way i just i don't see how i don't see how penn state's going to score a, a lot of points so if they're not scoring a lot of points how's how i just i don't think they're going to be forced to 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 shoot out back and forth i think it's going to be more of what you typically get out of penn state and ohio state which is establish the running game a little play action play field position don't don't screw things up, and eventually Ohio State figures they'll win, and Penn State hopes they will. What's your walk off for the day, sir? Going to get some coffee, brother. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. We'll see you tomorrow for our, our, our six pack, and of course we'll be talking some uh, college football with Tony Aguilini tomorrow. Have a good Later, one, man. Go Panthers for you. Uh, we're going to be back in a flash when we come back. We are going to talk about a little more of the Major League Baseball free agency. We've also got some things going on in the world of football. And I'm going to get you caught up on soccer because we don't have hockey to look at. We don't have basketball to look at. But Major League Soccer is about to hit their playoffs. And you might have a rooting interest. So, And there's also money to be made on this thing, man. There's money to be made on this thing. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. The Armchair Quarterbacks app and Facebook Live. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good morning, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. Here's some news and notes from the NFL pertaining to fantasy football. Damian Harris was limited in practice for the New England Patriots. Austin Hooper 
does not practice Wednesday. Michael Thomas, as well, is out of practice on Wednesday for the Saints. Dalvin Cook was listed as limited. Mikhail Harry, with the bad concussion history, he misses practice as well after going into concussion protocol on Sunday. Hurting his knee during the Pittsburgh Steelers-Titans game, Jadavian Clowney misses practice on Wednesday. Aaron Jones of the Packers remains sidelined. Fear is he may miss Sunday's game as well. Joe Mixon and Mark Ingram both missed practice. And Philip Lindsay, who had a bad concussion on Sunday, missed practice as well. J.R. Smith is back in the news as he tried to cancel culture. Sam Decker. You may remember Sam Decker, who played for the Wisconsin Badgers years ago. He now plays in Turkey. And in a podcast recently, J.R. Smith said this, quote, Throughout my whole career, there's only one teammate I don't like. He knows that. Everybody else I'm cool with. Man, this dude, Sam Decker, this dude, he says some bull bleep on the bus one day talking some Trump bleep, and I wasn't having it. Olivia Harlan Decker, who is a TV reporter, Sam's wife, wasn't having it. She tweeted out, JR, he doesn't say that word. I've never heard him say that word. He's not a racist or a Trump supporter. Simple as that. Not sure what your motive is here. JR then retweeted her tweet, motive, no motive, just call it how it's played. And for the record, I never said he used, just tell him why he can't. End quotes. Not 100% sure where this is all going, but we thought you might want to know. And that's your Armchair Quarterbacks Wake Up Show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterbacks on these CBS affiliates, our Facebook Live, and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Tap that app today. Hi, this is Justin Waller of the Armchair Quarterbacks, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. And that's a half past four and I'm shifting gear. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I go to mybookie.ag. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Look, I wouldn't be telling you to bet mybookie.ag if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with mybookie.ag. Promo code SKIN, that's S-K-I-N. When you use that promo code, mybookie will match 100% of your deposit up to $1,000. That's mybookie.ag, promo code SKIN. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. For the longest time, I've wanted to come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. But up until now, I haven't been able to find anything that held up to my high standards. I finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. My new Giza Dream bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. All you need to do is go to MyPillow.com, promo code armchair. That's MyPillow.com. Use the promo code armchair. Or call 1-800-319-7392. The number is 1-800-319-7392. Remember, promo code armchair to get the best deal around. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. 
You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays. Drive time? Find the Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook today. Pop, pop goes the weasel, the weasel. Pop, pop goes the weasel, the weasel. Gators and Bulldogs, Seminoles and Hurricanes, Volunteers and Crimson Tide, LSU Tigers and Clemson Tigers, the Armchair Quarterback Southern Kickoff. Every Saturday, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Central, the Armchair Quarterbacks kick off the SEC and ACC. We go a full hour covering only the conferences that you love, leading you into the national kickoff shows. We'll also be looking at the updated lines and making our picks against the spread for all the college kickoff action. You can only hear it on Armchair Quarterbacks app or Facebook Live. So like our Facebook page today, Armchair Quarterbacks app, and tap that app. Saturday mornings, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Central, the Armchair Quarterback Southern Kickoff, giving sports talk a Southern voice. They're telling me, Whitey, they're telling me. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Miami Dolphin fight song for you this morning is the Tua Tunga Viola. Era begins in Miami. I'd say uh, Dolphin fans are, uh, this has got to be the most excited a Dolphin fan can be since Dan Marino left. This is the first time they've really had a marquee quarterback. I guess Dante Culpepper, I guess that was... You know, that, that was a meteoric crash. I mean, <laughs> God, I remember when they signed him and just all the hopes that what he did in Minnesota would be mirrored in Miami, and he was just terrible. And what is always lost in that is that they chose him over some guy named Drew Brees that was a backup in San Diego at the time who just came out of uh, college from Purdue the year before. So here is hoping that the Dolphins fans have something good to look at for years to come. You know, it's coming up. I remember talking about this earlier in the year. It's coming up. It's got to be in the next few weeks or so. The Bengals and the Dolphins are going to play against each other, and that should be a lot of fun to watch Tua versus Joe Burrow. If Tua is half the NFL quarterback that Joe Burrow is, they're going to have something there because I think Joe Burrow is going to be – I think in in five years, Joe Burrow will be the best quarterback in that division. And I know you're going, Lamar Jackson this, Lamar Jackson that. Lamar Jackson is very predicated on his his legs. And as he gets older, unless he turns – into a pure pocket passer, Lamar Jackson is going to be short-lived. Big Ben will be out of the league by then. And I'm not buying Baker Mayfield. I think he... Baker Mayfield is what he should have been drafted at. He's a decent, a good to decent NFL quarterback. But he was overdrafted as the number one pick, so he has these ridiculous high expectations. He's better than a Gardner Minshew, right? But no one no one kills Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville because they drafted him so low they figure anything they get out of him is, you know, is fine. 
he's about where a Daniel Jones is, a solid NFL quarterback that you can build around if you put an offensive line around him, if you put, you know, I think the the, the key to these young guys is, is to put a defense around him. And, the, and that takes me to the news yesterday. The Cincinnati Bengals trade Carlos Dunlap to Seattle. And they traded him for a seventh-round pick in B.J. Finney, an offensive lineman. It's Okay, so there were two things that happened there. The number one thing, the number one with the bullet, the reason why Carlos Dunlap is no longer a Cincinnati Bengal is because he didn't want to be there anymore. He was the squeaky wheel. He demanded a trade, and I think Bengals front office was finally like, you know what, let's just get rid of this guy. You know, he's an aging veteran. We're trying to rebuild. What's the point? And, oh, we could use some offensive line help. The seventh-round pick is just, it's it's the cherry on top. You don't necessarily buy the Sunday for the cherry, but if it turns into something, then that's great. So the seventh-round pick, you don't have a lot of, I wouldn't have a lot of expectations of what you turn a seventh round pick into, but you might get a serviceable player, even if to a practice squad that, that is of importance if you don't have to pay big money. So that's what it was. It was more the fact they wanted to get rid of him, get him out of their locker room because the guy was just becoming a detriment and you're trying to build in Cincinnati where you are cash strapped. We know that that ownership is very, very cheap. But you've got something there. I'm telling you, the Bengals have something. They might even really think about if they can get a high draft pick. Now, I wouldn't trade them for garbage. But if they could get a high draft pick, I would think about putting Joe Mixon on the trading block because by the time that Mixon, or excuse me, by the time the rest of the team is a quote-unquote contender in about two or three years, Mixon's going to be on the backside of his career. So you might want to go out there. Let's let's say someone goes bananas and says, I'll take Joe Mixon off your hands, and here's a second-round pick. Boom, give it to me. Because I can take that second-round pick, draft a, court, draft a running back this spring, and I can turn that into – I mean, let's not forget Dalvin Cook was drafted in the second round, y'all. Derrick Henry was drafted in the second round. There are running backs can be had in the second round. So if you could get something like that out of Joe Mixon for a team that I don't necessarily can think of one this year that would make that move this quick, especially with Mixon being banged up, but I'm saying offseason. There are some teams that could see Joe Mixon being that, that, that piece that they're missing and just, and, and just go full, full, full bore towards the future because hanging on to some of these guys, you know, by the time, by the time the Bengals are, are quote unquote contenders earliest would be next year. But I think it's more likely for 2022, 2022, 2023, Joe Mixon. We all know running backs don't last long in this league. They're a commodity that you trade when at the height, it's like a stock. With running backs in the National Football League, if you can trade them at their height, get rid of them. 
who knows? You might be able to convince Belichick for once that he needs a running back to straighten out Cam Newton's problems, and he's desperate at this point. So I, I would, I would be interested to see uh, what what that could tur- turn into. But they got rid of Dunlap because he's a he, he's a problem. He he was a problem in the locker room, and you don't want you don't want your Burrow. And I'll tell you what, T. Higgins has been a hell of a receiver. Um, when I the moment I saw that drafted, Burrow and Higgins, like, whoa, that's going to be a nasty combination. I felt like that the that the Bengals did an incredible job in their draft last year. Granted, that's always aided when you have the high draft picks, but still, you can screw them up too, Jets. So, um, yeah, I, I, I really think that that's going to be an interesting run in there. And uh, I'm going to have to pull that up because now I'm really starting to wonder about that. When in the hell is that Tua Tunga Viola versus Joe Mixon showdown? Because that should be a lot of fun. I think when we saw it, we, I remember us thinking and hoping that it could be uh, a primetime event. Uh, because I believe it's a Sunday game. I don't think it's a, you know, a Thursday night game, which would be a great Thursday night game. We know all these Thursday night games that we get that are just junk and we don't care anything about who wins or loses. I wouldn't care who won the game, but I would love to see Tua Tunga Viola going up against Joe Burrows. When, When is that game? It's December 6th. Yeah, it's a Sunday game, 1 o'clock. I remember the time we were joking about it getting flexed, but, I mean, that thing's not getting flexed. Uh, but I I will want to see it. I'll want to see that because I've got high expectations for, for Tua going into this weekend. He's, he's going to struggle a little bit going up against the Rams, but going forward after that, he should be able to turn this season into something fun to watch. Remember that Jets game got pushed. They did all that 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 kooky dukes freaking shuffling of the of the schedules before the Dolphins were supposed to play the Jets, have a bye, and play the Jets. Now all that got changed. Uh, what the Dolphins have coming up after the Rams is at the Cardinals, at home against the Chargers, at the Broncos. But then the tail end of the season, this is when he should be able to put up some points. He's going to play at the Jets at home against the Bengals. The Chiefs, he, it should be at least fun to watch. And then two will also get the uh, you know the Patriots, the Raiders, who've given up a lot of points in the Bills game. The Bills will probably have the AFC East uh, sewn up by then. So you probably won't have a whole lot to, to worry about as far as that goes. And as far as the Bengals... Since we were just talking about them looking at their schedule going forward, they get Tennessee this weekend. They've got a decent chance of winning that game. Uh, I could see Tennessee being flat after that Pittsburgh game that, that they lost on the last second. Uh, then they go to the Steelers. You don't like that, but what you do like after that is you've got at the Redskins, at home against the Giants, at the Dolphins, at home against the Cowboys. They're sitting at one five and one. It would not shock me at all when you get to the Steelers game on December twenty second. That the I'm gonna go ahead and call it. I think I th- I think the Bengals see they would have to get what three. 
I think they'll definitely have at least four wins at that point. They could even have five. And then they finish off with the Texans and the Ravens. The Ravens will probably everything sewn up. I th- I think it's very, very realistic that these Bengals have a six-win season. And if they win six games this year, that means that they didn't have double-digit losses because, remember, they, they had the tie at the beginning of the year. So 6-9-1, and one, if you're a Bengals fan, that's a, that's a W. I know a lot of fans go into this whole thing about, well, if my team can't make the playoffs, I want them to tank to to uh, to get a high draft pick. There's also something to be said on having something to build on for next year. And if you're a Bengals fan, you don't want to build off of a two-win season. You want five or six wins going in to 2021. Hopefully all this virus junk will be gone. You, you can have your fans back in the stands. Next year, you're going to see an incredible amount of fans hitting stands. When, when the virus gets lifted in all sports, you're going to see fans coming in and stands. You're going to see you know, concerts being sold out. People are going to miss being around people, and there should be a lot of optimism going into that. Uh, some of the news and notes from... The fantasy football world, Michael Thomas did not practice yesterday. Aaron Jones did not practice yesterday. Mixon and Miles Sanders did not practice yesterday. Neither did Philip Lindsay, Chris Carson. CMC practice limited, but it doesn't look like he's going to play. That's been verified by four different accounts this morning. So we won't get the for sure till around four o'clock Eastern, but it looks like he's not going to play. Dalvin Cook may play. He was limited. Uh, the, The original prognosis is that he would play when he got injured a couple weeks ago. They're coming off of a bye week. It's a big game for Minnesota if they're going to have any shot of doing anything. They've got they they've got to have this win. But they are going into Green Bay. And that's going to be tough. The Minnesota Vikings, I mean, they are going into that game in Green Bay. One o'clock kickoff. It's going to be a Fox game. Um where are they sitting? They're sitting at one and five. Normally, I'd say they're dead, but with the extra wild card this year, we're going to see teams in it at the end you wouldn't expect to see in it. But if they're going to turn things around, it has to start this week because then they've got a chance to rattle off some Ws. If they could beat the Green Bay off of a bye week, they would. I, I think they have to have Dalvin Cook to be able to beat them. I, I don't see Alexander Madison keeping anyone straight. Alexander Madison is not going to pull the safeties up. But if they get that W, they've got the Lions, the Bears, which we know, even though they have a very solid defensive team, they'll put up a lot of points. So you're always in the game. So you got the Lions, Bears, Cowboys, Panthers at home, Jaguars at home. The, Minnesota could go on a run, but it has to start Sunday. You go on one and six. Trading deadline is Tuesday at 4 p.m. They're going to, I'm pretty sure Adam Thielen's getting moved. If they lose that game, I would be shocked if he doesn't. 
and they're going to move on. They're going to say, "Our, you know, just like I, I talked about with Mixon, they're going to say, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll take Jefferson, we'll move Thielen, and whatever we get out of Thielen with the draft pick, we'll go from there. I saw a funny thing on the sports book yesterday. They were predicting on, I think the Lakers were a plus 375 to win the NBA title next year, and the Dodgers were a plus 425, and they were arguing that the Dodgers was a better bet. How the hell are the Dodgers a better bet to win the World Series than the Lakers to win the NBA title? Because in the NBA, it's only a few players that really matter. It's a me league. Baseball is a we league. So to say that it is so difficult to handicap the world championship in baseball. The Dodgers have been the prohibitive favorites for years to win the World Series. They finally get it done. And let's be honest, the only reason why they got it done is in a shortened season where all the cards fell into their favor. They got to play the entire playoffs in one stadium. They were the home team the entire time. They never had to move. They didn't have to play road games. It was an advantage for the Dodgers. But you go into a normal year next year, I would say definitely by the playoffs, we're going to have normal fans in the stands, et cetera. There is no way that they should even be in the same conversation with the Lakers on being able to win the title. I would not take the Dodgers to win plus 425. They finally won one. They're going to have a wild offseason, a little more lax, and that San Diego Padres team is pretty good, so they may not even win the division. So if they don't win the division, the Dodgers famously do not step up in big games, and I don't want to hear where they finally got that first one, and so look out. No, that's not that's not the way it works in baseball. You get that first one, usually just so exhausted for finally winning it that you don't come out as sharp next year. And maybe they start off and they have a slow start and they have to fight their way to get into the wild card. That puts a tax on their bullpen. No, the Lakers are the easy money. The Dodgers, you're taking a big risk. Because you would never have the argument with someone, an intelligent argument, of I'll give you the Lakers or I'll give you the field. And that's usually a pretty good argument in basketball. Because basketball has turned into, you know, it's the two best players on each team going at it one-on-one and the and the other three are staying back behind the three-point line. That's pretty much all basketball has turned into. But in baseball, you would never take the field, no matter what they tell you. If someone says, I'll give you the Dodgers or I give you the field, I give you the Yankees or I give you the field, I give you the uh, the Astros or I give you the field, you always take the field because 99 times out of 100, you're going to be right. In basketball, come on. In the 90s, would you have gone, oh, I'm going to take the field over the Chicago Bulls? Hell no, you wouldn't because the Chicago Bulls had the best player on the planet at the time. And basketball is a, it's a me game disguised as a we game. Baseball is a we game disguised as a me game because everyone thinks about baseball being one-on-one, batter against pitcher, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
But it really is a, it's the ultimate team sport. You have to have a bullpen. You have to have your defense, your starting rotation. The list goes on and on and on and on. It's more akin to football than basketball, where basketball is the only team sport that is that players don't play like a team. All the other team sports, there's team chemistry. Basketball, give me the ball, get it out of the way. If you don't believe me, how the hell are the Houston Rockets in the playoffs every year? It's because the beard, the beard goes out there and goes, give me the ball. I'm going to score 60. We're going to, I'm going to give up 80 on my end, but I'm going to score 60. So there you have that. See, Brian had some comments here. I'm trying to see. Oh, okay. I see what he's talking about. Uh, the, <laughs> I guess that, uh, I guess, I, I guess what he's saying is that the, so Brian's a Bengals fan. I think he's talking about the, the Bengals. Dolphins game falls on his wife's birthday. I think that's what he's saying. That's that's not gonna turn out well for her. <laughs> he's gonna want to watch that game, man. He's gonna want to be locked into that game. I can guarantee you that right now. My wife's birthday's coming up, and it kind of falls on a Sunday. Well, I can just tell you what's gonna happen for me. There's not gonna be a whole lot of football being watched that day. You know, we got plans to go with friends at a football party, but. I can't do my usual thing where I just lock into the games. So uh, I get, I got something planned for that she doesn't know about, but and she never listens to my show, so I can say that. Uh, but anyways, there won't be a lot of football being watched on, on, on her birthday. She is not a she, – she tricked me and said she was a sports fan when I met her. She could care less. If I put a ball game on, she goes, all right, well, I'm going to go take a bath or I'm going to go do this or I'm going to go do that. She tries. She tries because she, she she knows I'm engulfed in it, but she she could care less. Uh, she'll pull for people, people that she knows through the Jaguars. She'll, she'll, she'll pull for those people, but other than that, she doesn't care. She just looks at it as you're just wasting a lot of your time. <laughs> and she might be right, but we enjoy it, right? Major League Baseball free agency real quick. Um, wanted to throw some of these, these names out here at you because there's some interesting ones. So we talked about the top tier, but these are the second tier guys. And these are guys that if you if you spend your money wisely, you can make a big difference in your team. Blake uh, Trinan of the Dodgers, the right-handed reliever that throws just nothing but gas. He's not unhittable. That's the only thing. I don't know how much money he's going to demand, but I'd say he's going to be one of the top second tier guys. He's a free agent. He's 32 years old. Alex Kamei, 32 years old. I don't know what his ERA ended up being, but I remember mid-September it was it was minuscule. It was like .68 ERA. Remember that number jumping out at me at one point. Uh, Shane Green, we talked about him in the first hour. He's a free agent. I believe he's thirty-two, maybe thirty-one. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka, thirty-two years old. I do believe the Yankees resign him. I'm a little surprised he's only thirty-two. I swear he feels like he's been pitching there for twenty years. Um, Taiwan Walker is one of the younger ones. He's hitting the free agent market. He doesn't have that much to bring to the resume, but he gives a ridiculous, there's a, a ridiculous amount of upside that he might be able to cash in. I personally wouldn't want to sign him. He's had injuries. He's also had problems finding the strike zone from time to time in his career. 
Now, he has hit 28. Maybe he's figured it all out. He had a pretty good year this year. But I, I would just be highly, highly skeptical. A guy that I would take a chance on because he, he really hurt himself down the stretch with, 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 a, with a bad uh, 2016. I'm sorry, 2016, 2020. And then he... Pitched pretty decent his last few times out with Oakland is Mike Miner. Mike Miner that was from Texas, got traded to Oakland at the deadline. Mike Miner's a lefty. He is 33, so you don't want to sign him to a long-term deal. But I think you could get a realistic deal done with him two to three years, not break the bank. And what you get is you get a left-handed veteran that's also an innings eater. So I, I, I would like to see Mike Miner... Hell, I wouldn't mind seeing him in a Braves uniform. Robbie Ray is going to be another one. 29, sky's the limit, strikeout king, et cetera, et cetera. Someone's going to overpay for him because some pitching coach is going to say, I can fix him. Maybe they can. But in my experience, if you can't be consistent by the age of 29, you will not be consistent your entire career. And I would be really skeptical. I almost think Robbie Ray needs to go out and do what Marcelo Zuna did and do, do that one-year deal, prove his worth, and then hit the open market again. Jake Odorizzi's 31. He has had a solid couple of years. Jose Quintana has been terrible. He's 32. But he is a lefty, so someone's going to give him a chance. If nothing else, they'll give him a chance to be out of the bullpen. Angelton Simmons, the best defensive shortstop of our of this generation. It hasn't been since Omar Vizquel that we've seen a defense defensive wizard at shortstop. The problem with the analytics and the shifts, it's not as big a deal anymore. And until they change the rules to where you can't overshift, Angelton Simmons does not it's 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 no longer exciting to watch him play. He's an okay bat. Great defensive player. But unless you just take advantage of it as a as a manager and don't shift, which doesn't happen anymore, there's no real reason to back the truck up for an Anderson Simmons because his worth has been diminished because of the shift. Jock Peterson, he's he, it's hard to believe he's only 28. Man, I feel like he's been around forever. Jock Peterson, 28 years old, uh, free agent outfielder. I think the Dodgers will try to re-sign him because he's kind of a spark plug off that bench. But uh, he's not a guy that does much during the regular season. He really didn't do that much in the postseason, but he did do enough to where I think the Dodgers would like to re-sign him. Michael Brantley is 33 years old. A solid bat. I think they call him Mr. Smooth or Dr. Smooth. Or Anyways, he's, just, he's very consistent at the plate. Left-handed outfielder that could DH. He's a guy that he reminds me of a poor man's Carlos Beltran doesn't have quite the power that Beltran hand, but I'll tell you what, he will get on base. He will drive in runs. He's a guy you want to have Justin Turner. We've talked about him all morning. 
this COVID and whatnot. He's 36. He'll sign on for a couple more years. I think he stays with the Dodgers. Tommy Lestella, who can play second or or third. I think he's more of a third baseman nowadays. He's 32 years old. Doesn't give you a lot of pop at third, so you probably want him more at second. And a couple other names, lest we forget, Yasiel Puig is only 30, and Yoenis Cespedes is 35. He's listed as an outfielder, but I'm telling you right now, Cespedes is a DH at this point because Cespedes can't stay healthy. So there's no reason they're trying to put him in the outfield because all he's going to do is get banged up. To that point, one of Cespedes' biggest draw was his cannon for an arm. And he's 35 now. Can he still go out there and put those numbers up? He didn't do it for New York. I remember at the beginning of the season, the national pundits were all about the Mets. And I kept saying the same thing. Really? How are they going to score? And they would tell us, oh, how loaded their offense is. Yeah, for like, if this team was in playing in 2014. But Cespedes didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. And then, of course, he ended up not even finishing the season w- with the Mets. But I just, whoever signs him, I think it'll be like a one-year, two-year deal at the most. If he, if he wants to get big money, he's going to try to sign a one-year deal and hope he can resurrect himself. Nelson Cruz is 40, is looking for a two-year deal. I would give Nelson Cruz the two-year deal. If I if I have a DH, you know, if I'm a if if it's a universal DH or if I'm just an American League team, Nelson Cruz can still put bat to ball. He is the ultimate professional hitter. He battles injuries, but he is the ultimate professional hitter. I think Minnesota will resign him, and that's where he should look. If he wants to continue to pick, put up big numbers, he, he he should stay in Minnesota. But Nelson Cruz wants a two-year deal is what I see. I think he's questioning whether or not he could play past two years. And he has earned the ability to make that happen. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to set you up for tonight and then also tell you, get you caught up in the world outside of football. We're going to talk about football and what's going on here in the United States. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. For the distractions. The Armchair Quarterback Show. Weekdays. Coast to Coast Southern Sports Talk Radio. Find us on Facebook Live today and tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. Your first choice for sports talk live from the First Coast. Where it began, I can't begin to know it. Armchair Quarterbacks Radio covers the whole SEC the whole season long. Dobbs heaves it. They're bunched up in the end zone. It's tipped up. It's caught. It is caught. Jawan Jennings. Just to start a thing. First quarter at the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville. And Walker sneaks to the right. Gets outside. The 35. Look out. He's past midfield and he's got a blocker. Cuts to the inside. Herschel Walker. There he goes again. Straight up the middle. Touchdown! Delayed reaction, but Tebow got in. Oh, jump pass. How about that? Oh, my gosh! That 
looks like 1955. Holy cow! Are you kidding me? Armchair. Sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag has more odds and props than anyone else in the industry. Using MyBookie is simple. Just pick your team, select your odds, and collect your cash. MyBookie.ag has proven to be the most exciting online experience for all sports fans. With the fastest payouts in the industry, there's no other choice than MyBookie.ag. Get in on the action today. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code SKIN to activate the offer. That's promo code SKIN. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. A proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. It's time for you to put your own skin in the game. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks show. We're here weekdays. Drive time? Find the Armchair Quarterbacks show on Facebook today. I hold the microphone like a grudge. Be a whole record so the needle don't budge. Lift up your shirt, son. I need an adult. I need an adult. You're not a shoplifter. You're just a fat kid. Hey, Tom, he's just a fat kid. Aren't you fatty? He's just a big old fat kid. Here's some chocolate fat, so. Thanks. Welcome back. We hit the, uh, the quarter post, or hell is it called, the final post? I don't know what it's called. What is the quarter post? The uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm having a blank here, but then again, horse racing has never been my forte. I watched the Kentucky Derby, and that's about it. Uh, never have gotten into watching animals race. Uh, you know, It's cool for the Kentucky Derby. And then if they get to the the triple crown with one with one horse alive, I'll watch that. That's it. I don't even I don't even watch the second race. Couldn't even tell you when it happens. I know the Kentucky Derby's in early May. That's it. It's not very often that we've had a chance at a triple crown, so I don't even have that part of the calendar memorized. I know it's a handful of weeks later, but I really don't know the actual date. So, uh, I've never actually been to a horse track. I don't believe even as a young kid, I don't believe I've ever been to a horse track. I've been to a dog track when I was really young. I always thought that was weird. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind going to a horse racing track, but to get into it, eh. um, I think I think what I meant to say is that we're at the three quarters post. I think that's what I was trying to say. But anyways, realistically, who gives a crap? Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into uh, speaking of stuff that no one gives a crap about the MLS. Well, I'm trying my darndest to change that in my life. I've watched more soccer over the past couple of years than I ever really watched. And I even watched the, uh, the game last night, uh, for people that, you know, that missed that, 
uh, I believe it was on, I'm trying to remember where I was watching. I think it was FS1, I believe is what, what channel I was watching it on. But anyways, the, there, there was no quote-unquote sports on last night. And I was like, what am I going to do? So I'm sitting here working. And when I work, I, I tend to just put a ball game on in the background because I don't have to necessarily hear what they're saying while I work. And I can keep up with stuff going on. So I put the Orlando Atlanta game on. Orlando, by the way, won four to one. Four to one, excuse me. It was never really in question. I think it was two nothing at the half. I remember when it was three zero. I kind of ended up not paying attention after that. They won four to one. Other scores from last night: uh, the New York Red Bulls beat New England one nothing. Uh, SKC beat Cincy one nothing. Chicago falls to Philly two to one. Toronto one nothing over. I'm sorry, New NYC one nothing over Toronto, and then Columbus falls to DC. Minnesota. It was a full slate yesterday. Minnesota. Uh, two to one over Colorado. Dallas two to one over Miami. Portland five to two over LA. LAFC, they beat Houston 2-1, to one, and then San Jose beat R, uh, RSL 2-0. The games that I've, got, that I've got locked in here that I'm paying attention to going forward, Saturday night, Nashville is playing Chicago at 8.30, and then Sunday, Orlando City is playing 7.30 on ESPN+. So I'm going to try to keep an eye on these. You know, I normally have been having baseball as my second game on during the NFL football games. Um, depending on what me and the wife plan on doing on Sunday, I somehow I'm gonna I'm gonna get that that Orlando game on or on a device at 7:30 at the same time as the other game because I am starting to pay more attention to it. They've only got a few games left, y'all. The final game of the season is November 8th, so Wednesday. Uh, Orlando plays Columbus, Nashville plays Dallas. And then the final game of the season, November 8th, you've got Orlando versus Nashville at three 30. They're all being played at three 30. Uh, well, not all of them. Majority are being played at three 30. The West coast are being played at six 30. They'll go into the MLS playoffs in just over a week, so we're talking about on 10 days. And this is the way it looks right now. Nashville is the eighth seed. The top 10 get in in each conference. So Nashville is the eighth seed. Miami is sitting at 10th. They are... I don't even know why this is considered that they're in front of the fire. They are at a... Virtual tie in points with the Chicago Fire, but the Fire have played one less game. So you wonder about that. But Nashville, Nashville is going to make the playoffs. They're sitting at 28 points. The out would be 20, 21. Not much of a chance that that gets made up over, over the next three games. Orlando. He's also only played 20 games. 
some of these teams have played 21. I guess they're, I, I guess the cutoff this year is going to be 20, 21 to 23. Uh, it's a little confusing how some of these teams have been. I mean, how the hell we got some of these teams got 21 games they've played and some have only played 19. We've only got a, a 10 days left in the season. So that'll be interesting how that unfolds. But uh, Philadelphia leads the Eastern Conference, Sporting Kansas City, SKC. They lead the Western Conference. But Orlando is sitting at 35 points. They could get up to the third seed. They're tied with Columbus at, at the third seed. I think the lowest they're going to end up is the four seed. You want to be in the three seed because if you can get the three seed, you 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 have you escape playing Philadelphia Union as, as far as as long as possible. In a perfect world, I'd kind of like to see Orlando and Nashville play each other because that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, but that's that's what you got going on in MLS, women's college soccer today. By the way. You've got, first of all, real quick on the standings, North Carolina and Florida State, who are ranked number one and two, respectively, in the country. They are undefeated in the ACC. Clemson's four and two. Louisville and Notre Dame are both four and three. And then Duke is three, one, and two. Florida State plays Duke today at 4 p.m. Should be able to see that, I believe, if nothing else, it's on ESPN+. Plus. That, But I want to say, for some reason, that I saw that uh, I'm going to double check it real quick, that it was actually going to be on um, one of the like ACC network or something. No, it looks like it looks like ACC networks volleyball, really volleyball. Come on, man. Um, But you, but you'll be able to see it on the, uh, on the ESPN plus. So, Florida State, North uh, Duke, Duke. Last time I saw it was ranked in the top ten, so that should be a really good game. Uh, Seven o'clock tonight on ACC Network, I believe. Well, I'm sorry. Seven o'clock is Pitt, Clemson, and then UNC Louisville is eight o'clock tonight. So um, let's see which game they've decided to actually televise. I believe I saw it was going to be the North Carolina game, but I could be wrong on that one. Um, I'll tell you what, YouTube really needs to change. <clears throat> they need to change the way that you scroll through because that's the biggest downside of having one of these streaming devices. Is it the is it being able to scroll through sucks? Yeah, North Carolina and Louisville is the eight o'clock ACC Network game. Uh, I'm glad that Florida state is playing four o'clock cause I get to watch that. And then I'll go in and I'll play the play, uh, the NFL on, on my TV this evening. I think they kind of screwed up starting that game at eight. Uh, they do have Virginia Boston college at six. So I guess they're trying to get two games in at once, but I'd have played the five and seven card and uh, got my game almost over with before the NFL start. You, it's just, you don't, your soccer, your women's college soccer, you don't want to compete against that. And in the EPL real quick, we'll go ahead and roll over that real quick. The EPL has actually been pretty exciting this year. Uh, it has not been the the runaway that it has been the past few years. Everton leads with 13 points. Louisville, uh, Louisville. Liverpool is tied with them at 13. But you got Acidville, Leicester City, and Tottenham all sitting there within two points of the top. 
And then just below that, you got Leeds United, Southampton, Crystal Palace, and uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers sitting there at 10. Hell, Chelsea and, Ar- and Arsenal are sitting at 9. So there, there's a lot of... We're, we're only six games into the season, but you have seen in the past six games of the season, someone's got like a six-point lead like this thing's over already. So hopefully we get a much more interesting season as far as the points are scored um and looking at the games this weekend Wolverhampton by the way uh does play Crystal Palace Friday at four o'clock so you like that be able to have a, have a Friday afternoon game to, to keep an eye on uh Saturday I'd say the game of the day there's gonna be uh well, Liverpool plays at one thirty on Saturday. It's a, it's a bad time. But they do play at one thirty on Saturday. On Sunday, Tottenham is at two fifteen. Why are they playing these games so late? Oh, so stupid. Uh, the eleven thirty game though, that's that's the fun one. That's the big one. Man United and Arsenal play at eleven thirty a.m. on Sunday. So that should be a lot of fun to watch as you get ready for the NFL kickoff. I'll I'll, I'll have that on one of my devices. Uh, when we're doing the, the, uh, stardom, stardom show, I love watching the EPL in the mornings when you're getting ready for football, they drive me nuts when they try to go head to head against football. When they do it in the mornings, it's great. You eat your breakfast. You, you, you know, you, you watch a little EPL, you get ready for the day. There are a couple of games on Monday, by the way, but nothing that's going to jump out at you. So, uh, there you have it with the EPL. Let's go ahead and turn back time. Get the hell out of your hair as we uh, finish another great show here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. If I could turn back time, if I could find a way, it's been six years since the Giants clinched their third World Series in five years. They beat the Royals 3-2 in Game 7. Madison Bumgarner gets MVP. Remember it was off of like one day rest? Or I guess it was two days rest. It was He pitched uh, in Game 5, and then they had the day off, and then the Game 6. And so two days rest. He pitched five innings to quote-unquote earn the save. As well as his wins in games one and game five. I mean, I, I think he should have been given the win, but you know, that's is what it is. Um, that was the greatest pitching performance in the history of baseball playoffs that I have ever seen. And I think we'll ever see. I don't think you're ever going to see. What is this ERA was something ridiculous like 0.25 for the playoffs? What? And with all those innings, I don't think you'll ever see that matched. Not that many innings in that low of an ERA. You might see a low-ass ERA, but it's because they're going there and throwing three innings and they're coming and getting you. They're pulling the hook on you. Dusted May and Urias because you can't go longer than three innings. But it's just, it's it's absurd. 0.25 ERA. I remember that number sticking out. 0.25 ERA. I don't remember how many innings he threw. 
But he hell, he started the whole run off in that World Series. He pitched the play-in game. Uh, Nationals versus Giants. He went toe-to-toe. I believe it was against Strasburg. Pitched like a one nothing gem. And then he kept rolling in the National League, and the rest of his history knocked out the Royals. The Royals would go on to win the World Series the next year and beat the Mets. Birthdays! Oh, also, on this day um, in 1995, I did want to circle this. It's been 25 years. Jerry Rice becomes the NFL's career leading leader in uh, receiving yards. People ask me who the greatest NFL player of all time is. It's Jerry Rice. Top to bottom, Jerry Rice, the greatest NFL player of all time. Because you don't even argue who the best receiver is. You just know it's Jerry Rice. And that's how, when you're that good, you're good. Birthdays. It's your birthday today. What does that mean? Man, it's hard to believe. 65 years old now, Billy Sims. Billy Sims is 65 years old. People don't remember him. Heisman Trophy winner of the Oklahoma Sooners in 78. He was in the Pro Bowl from 88-82. Then he had that terrible knee injury. I was just starting to really get into the pro football. I knew who Billy Sims was. He was one of my favorite players to watch as a little kid because I played tailback when, when I was a little kid. Um, you know, Believe it or not, I was really fast and athletic and whatnot. But uh, he got hurt and was never... Never the same, unfortunately. This running back was in the water by that day, by the way. In 1958, just three years later, the great George Rogers was born. People don't remember George Rogers. He played for South Carolina. Number one pick in the NFL draft. He was a Super Bowl 87. The, uh, with the Redskins, played with the Saints and Redskins from Duluth, Georgia. And then my man, Herschel Walker, is 58 years old today. Herschel Walker is 58 years old. Um, my opinion, the greatest running back in the history of college football. And had he gone to the NFL straight, he'd probably be in the conversation with the NFL. But he decided to go play for, actually it was Donald Trump and the uh, New Jersey Generals because they were giving him a hell of a lot more money as a rookie. So you can't can't hate on him for that. Of course, he won the Heisman in 82, national championship in 80 with Georgia. Uh, he was on the Pro Bowl in 87 88 with the Cowboys. But by the time he came over to the NFL, he was starting to come on the backs. I remember he went to Minnesota. He was a part of that fame, or he was the main part of that famous trade that sent the entire Minnesota draft picks from the Cowboys. When Jimmy Johnson took over the Cowboys, I, th- I think I said that wrong uh, chronologically, but the Cowboys traded Herschel Walker to the Minnesota Vikings 
for a ridiculous amount of draft picks. It was double digits. It was at least 10. For some reason, I think it was 12, but it was at least 10. And that helped rebuild the Cowboys and make the Dallas Cowboys the team of the 90s. They built that off of all those draft picks. That one and the Ricky Williams one are the, the two most famous uh, ridiculous trades where one guy brings back all that. You'd never see that ever again in the history of football. But back then, you didn't have you didn't have the science and the film that you have in in drafting these players. So there was a belief that one player could be a difference because you'd missed on so many any you know. When Ditka did that, I was surprised because everyone had learned from what Jimmy Johnson had done. But Ditka didn't care because he wanted his running back. And then remember the creepy picture on SI where Dick is in a in a tux and Ricky Williams is in a bridal dress? Oh, that was creepy. And then Ricky goes on to the Dolphins. Ricky was a really good running back. He couldn't keep his head straight. Went went to the top of the mountain to smoke dope for a season, whatever the hell that was about. It's a guy that, uh, man, the sky was the limit for Ricky Williams, but uh, just could not uh, keep his head straight. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow, reactions to tonight's Panthers-Falcons games. We look forward to that. And then, of course, we get you set for a football Friday. We'll see you. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. (laughs) Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. you haven't downloaded it yet, your Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like that. I want to tap that. You can bet I'm gonna-